0: so excited to be here with you guys today. Um, we're actually starting a new series, and it's going to be a three-week series, and I am really, um, I'm just really looking forward to this. We planned this series before the summer even began, and, and I'm re- I've just really been looking forward to it. You know, in, in our Christian walk, there's certain times where we hear a message, and it's like a message that forever changes us. It's like a catalyst message or an anchor message, where from then on something changed inside of us and we we were never the same. And I really believe and I'm praying that one of these three next messages is going to be that for you. We're gonna be talking about something that's called dangerous prayers. You know, so many of our prayers that we pray to God, they're not dangerous, right? You know, Lord, bless this food. God, please let my kids go to bed and not get out of bed tonight. Please. That one is dangerous, no. Lord, you know, help please, God, don't let it rain for the ducks today. God, let the ducks win, right? God, kill the ducks. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you guys were praying that last night. I'm a sick of them. Uh, you played with my emotions long enough, right? But but we pray, we pray simple prayers. We pray safe prayers. We pray predictable prayers. We pray generic prayers. But the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about three different prayers that we can pray that aren't safe. They're not generic. They're not predictable. They are dangerous. They're dangerous because we're asking the Lord to do something new inside of us. And so today, the prayer we're going to be talking about is, is search me. Next week, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Well, you know, in that kind of way, sick, sick kind of excited, right? It's, we're going to be talking about the prayer, break me. Oh, you guys are like, I'm going to skip next week, (laughs) right? But break me, being bold enough to be able to pray to God, will you break me? And then the last week, send me. God, will you send me? Being able to say, wherever you say, whatever you want me to do, here's my life, I'll do it. So I'm I'm just I'm so excited for these prayers. But today we are going to be talking about search me. You know um, we all have different ways of cleaning, right? Some of you guys are like, yeah, I don't. That's my way. Um, and then those of you guys who've been to my house, you're like, yeah, you don't. <laughs> but we all have different ways of cleaning, and and I've noticed, maybe you've noticed, maybe not, but men and women have different ways of cleaning. And I have a great husband. He helps around the house so much, and and I just I. It's, it's awesome. He's cleaned, changed so many diapers. It's just amazing. And I'm, I'm so thankful for him. Um, you know, when he does anything at all, I, I praise over praise, right? You guys heard that joke about the, the the wife, she's outside re-grouting the driveway, and her husband comes out and goes, Honey, I uh, emptied the ashtray, <laughs> wanting to get, you know, some praise. But... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I do. I always tell them, oh, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much. Why? Because I want him to do it again tomorrow, you know? But one thing I've noticed is that if I'm like, all right, you guys, let's straighten up. Let's straighten up the house. I've noticed that with Jake, he'll take whatever is, is in the room, let's say the living room. Now, when I clean, I find all the things that are in the living room that don't belong in the living room. And you take them out and you put them back where they belong. Well, when I come into the living room after Jake has proudly said I straightened it up, I go in and... It, it does in the middle look very clear of stuff. But most often, all of the things that were in the middle are just pushed onto the sides. And I'm always like, "Why is this, this is not clean. It's just clear. It doesn't make any sense what you've done here. But um, uh, when, when Jake and I, when we were first um, dating, when we decided, you know, we're going to probably get married, we were, you know, deciding if we were going to get married or not. We went through premarital counseling, and I would totally recommend that for, for everyone because all that you're doing is you're bringing up questions and discussions before you get married that are probably going to definitely come up once you get married, but at least you can talk about it a little bit before. And so we would go through this book, and you would fill out um, these things every week, and then we'd come together with this other couple in our church, and they would you know, find out what our answers were, and then we'd talk about it. And so one week, it was on household chores. Who in the house is responsible? This is dangerous. So the guy had to go by himself and say who's responsible for what household chores. And the girl goes home by herself and they say who's responsible for what household chores. And then you come together and you compare answers. And one of the questions was, about bathrooms. Whose responsibility is it to clean bathrooms? And Jake, in his book, I'll never forget this, we go to the meeting, he's, we're opening our books, we're sharing our answers, you know, and we're just like so in love and we're so giddy. And um, he has on bathrooms, me, exclamation point. And then he puts next to it, I love cleaning bathrooms. And I'm like, what? <laughs> My goodness, deal closed, I'll marry him. A man that loves to clean the bathrooms, this is awesome. Like, who loves to clean bathrooms? This is a hobby or what? It's awesome, and I'm so excited about him. Great, you can clean all the bathrooms our whole life, and I'm so excited about this. Well, 10 years, we're going to be married 10 years in March. 10 years later, I think Jake has probably cleaned the bathroom less times than the amount of fingers I have. (laughs) And one time when we were uh, first married, we both had our own bathroom. Like that was amazing when we were first married. And, And his bathroom was just getting so gross. And I remember noticing it and being like, this is disgusting. And then being like, he said he likes to clean bathrooms. How come he doesn't clean the bathroom? And so I decided to let it wait. It was like a social experiment going on in our home. I cleaned my own bathroom, but I was like, I'm gonna see how long. It goes until he does something about this bathroom. And it just went on and on and on. And that bathroom was disgusting. And finally, one day I said, Jake, your bathroom is sick. And he goes, I know. And I was like, you said you like to clean bathrooms. Why are you cleaning your bathroom? And he goes, yeah, I must not like to clean bathrooms. I was like, come on, come on. But the one thing that is the same for all of us is that whenever there's company coming over, right, especially if it's unexpected, someone, you know, mother-in-law or, or someone calls the, the pastor, the president, the pope, they call you, coming over, 10 minutes, you're like, oh my gosh, we got to clean this house, right? And then it's not really about cleaning, it's about hiding. Let's get it right, right? So you, you grab a basket, you know, and you, you don't care. You don't care, you know, your kids are like, no, that doesn't go in that bin. I don't care where it goes. We're putting it here and we're hiding it in the closet. Do you understand what we're doing right now? Now run and do it yourself, right? And we're running around the house and we're trying to clean up, right? But we're not cleaning, we're just hiding. And so we're running around everywhere and we just wanna get it all up. But my point today is that so many of us do that when we go to church we do this with God, is whenever it's time to go to church, whenever it's time to go to your joy group, whenever it's time to talk to another Christian, we think, oh no, my heart, my life, my house is a mess. And I don't have time to clean it up. I'm gonna hide. And so we go around and we take the things in our life. Maybe it's unforgiveness, or maybe it's sin, that we know that we have, that we shouldn't have, but we don't know how to get rid of it. Or, or maybe it's, it's bitternesses that we have that we haven't gotten over yet. and Whatever it is, and we take those things, and we're not clean, but we hide them. And you know, the crazy thing about us hiding is God already knows everything about us. You know, the Bible says that before you were even in your mother's womb, God knew you. Well, that's incredible, right? In fact, in in Psalms 139, it says that God literally knit you together in your mother's womb. You see, he already knows everything about us. He knows the one thing in your life. You say, this is the one thing I'm so embarrassed about. This is my worst sin. This is the worst thing. God already knows it. This is the, the, the one hurt that I have. That's the worst hurt. I can't even think about it. I don't go there. I put it in the closet. I lock it away but God already knows it. And yet so much of our life we're trying to hide from God. And so that's why this prayer is so dangerous, is instead of hiding, we're saying, God, I'm opening up the junk drawer. I'm opening up the closets. I'm opening up the garage. Clean me, search me. What's inside of me that's not clean? And in Psalms 139, is the verses that we're going to look at today that um, David, he wrote. And they're these perfect prayers talking about search me. You know, all this whole prayer, it's dangerous because we're inviting God to come in and look at the mess. And so I'm going to read it first in the message. If you'll put that up there for me, Ben. It says, investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong, and then guide me on the road to eternal life. And then we're going to look at it in the, in the NLT as well, the New Living Translation. I liked both, so I wanted to show you guys both of them. But it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This is, I want us to do something, and, and we don't do this that often, but can we read this verse together? I just really, I want it to get into our hearts. I want it to get into our minds, and so it'll help if you guys read it too. So let's read it all together. One, two, three. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. <laughs> Psalms 139. it. <Yeah. laughs> there's a, there's a, must be a teacher in the room. You always have to get the reference on there. <laughs> um, you know, so there's four things I want to talk to you today in our last remaining time. Four things that David prayed in, in this psalm. And the first one that he said is, search my heart. He says, "Search me and know my heart. Look at my heart. Search it." Now, why do we need God to search our heart? You know, my, my daughter, she's four years old. She's gonna be five at the end of this week, and she is the Disney girl. Seriously, she loves all things princesses. She, um, you know, she will ask Jake and I about our wedding, and she's just like enamored with weddings. And every time we go to a wedding, Evie's like, "You have to come home and tell me everything that happened." <laughs> And I'm like, who are you? This is not me. This was not me at all. I didn't care about princesses or Disney growing up, but, but my daughter, she loves it. And the one thing that I don't like about Disney that they say constantly is, follow your heart. And so many of us, we live our life thinking, I just need to follow my heart. This is the one thing I need to do in this situation. I need to follow my heart. But I'm going to tell you guys something that the Bible says. It says it in Jeremiah. You want to put that up for me, Ben? Jeremiah 79, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? You see, so, so much of our world tells us you just got to follow your heart. But did you know the Bible tells us there's nothing worse than your heart? Don't follow your heart. It'd be better to follow your kidney. Right? Because it's saying this is the most deceitfully wicked. Who even knows how bad it is? You know, I think this is so funny. I love this verse because it's not only that it's deceitful. It's bad enough that your heart is deceitful, right? But it's also wicked. Oh, thanks. You know, you're not only you're not only um, a liar, but you're evil too. You know, but but we lie, we lie, right? How many of you guys ha- have ever lied? If there's someone sitting next to you and they didn't raise their hand, look at them and say, you are the biggest liar. you lied in church, right? We lie. Kids, they're tiny, tiny, tiny. They barely talk and they lie. And you're like, you lied to me? I I, I thought you were perfect, right? So far you've been great. I can't believe you're lying. I remember Evie, she was probably like two and she was kind of starting to lie and I was sure she wasn't lying. Because I loved her, <laughs> not because I, but I, you know, I was just like, no way. No way is she really lying, she doesn't mean it. She doesn't understand. She doesn't understand. And my, my sister-in-law, she's actually like 10 years younger than me, and she was like, she has kids about the same age, and she goes, Bethany, she knows what she's saying. She's lying to you. And I was like. <gasps> and she was right. <laughs> you know, kids, they lie, why? Because we're liars. We lie, and the very worst lies that we tell are the ones we tell ourselves. And that's why our hearts are deceitfully wicked, because we believe lies, and we tell them to ourselves, and we believe them. Right? Oh, I eat pretty healthy. (laughs) Whenever you talk to someone who's like so anti-processed foods, uh, you know, a wonderful nature nugget, and they're like, and you're like, oh yes, we eat so healthy as well. And you're like kicking McDonald's chicken nuggets <laughs> under your car. Oh, I know that processed food. That's horrible. Yeah, we eat really healthy. You know, we make some exceptions, but we do pretty good, right? Um, Jake and I, we stopped we stopped using added sugar, um, and so like we don't really do a lot of desserts, right? That could be a lie. I'm telling myself. But um, a couple of years ago, and so my sister-in-law, same person, she she tried to do the same thing, but it's like hilarious. She'll be like, I stopped doing added sugar. And then like, you know, a few days later, my brother will tell me she like went on a binge and like ate like every sweet thing known to man, you know? And then, but, but we lie, we tell ourselves, oh, I don't even eat that much sugar anymore. I'm doing so well. Oh, I don't even gossip that much. I'm really just trying to pray for people. I'm really just trying to help people out, right? Oh, I'm not that big of a lust bag. I'm just a tiny lust bag. <laughs> oh, this problem that I have, it's not really that big of a deal. I'm doing fine. And we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves. The second thing, that's why we have to say, God, search my heart. Search and know my heart. Tell me the areas in my life where I'm lying to myself. The second one is reveal my fears. It says in the verse, know my anxious thoughts. What is it that we worry about? What is it that you worry about? What are you scared of? And I don't mean spiders and bats, even though those are terrifying, right? But no, what are the things that you really worry about? Maybe never, never getting married. Maybe not being able to keep your spouse. You're always worried about your spouse leaving you. Maybe you're worried about your kids that they won't serve God. Maybe you constantly worry about money. Maybe you constantly worry about a family member dying. What are the things that just consume you, your anxious thoughts? The places that we worry are the places that we're not giving over to God. They're the places that that we're saying, I'm going to worry about this. Don't worry about it, God. I got this. And we're worrying about it. We're not trusting God with it. When When we just constantly worry about money, we don't really trust that God will provide right? What are your anxious thoughts? What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. You know, in my life, I, I, even now, I constantly worry about what people think. I worry about people if they're having a good time. We play, if you ever get to go to one of our joy group trainings for if you want to become a joy group leader, it is so awesome we play this game, and it's called Pipeline. And this game is so amazing because it really shows you, it's a simple game, but for whatever reason, it shows you what you're really like. And and in this game, I just played this game for the first time like a few months ago, and um, I know that I worry about if people are having a good time, if people are happy, if, if you know, I, I do, I just constantly, I already know that about myself. I didn't realize how deep it was until I played this game. The entire game, after you like reflect and you think about what happened in the game, that kind of thing. After the game, I realized the entire game, all I cared about is that everyone was happy. You know, I didn't even think about the objective. I didn't think about um, what we were doing. All I cared about is, is that person upset? Are, they, are we going too fast? Are they, are they having a good time? That person never has a good time, so I'm not going to worry about them, <laughs> right? <laughs> or, You're having a little bit too much fun, but that's okay, that's good. Try to bring everybody else with the fun, right? I worry, I worry about people if they're having a good time. And why, when I bring this back, when I think about this, okay, why? Why am I worried? why do I care? You bring it back a little bit, you realize, oh, I'm scared that they won't like me. Right? And then you step a little bit further back. Oh, I'm scared that they don't like me. So why, God? Why is that an anxious thought inside of me? And you pull it a little bit back and you see, oh, I have a fear of rejection. I don't want to be rejected by people. And that's what we're saying when you're saying, God, know my anxious thoughts. Why? Because if I fear being rejected, Man, there's nothing that's going to reject you more than living for Jesus. I can't so fear being rejected that I don't do what's right. So that's an anxious thought that I have to give to the Lord. And say, God, you know I have that anxious thought. Right? What's inside of you? Those anxious thoughts, those worries, those fears. Search me, God. The next one. Number three, uncover my sins. Uh-oh, now we're getting a little bit too intrusive, right? Uncover my sins. See if there is any offensive way inside of me. I love this. You know the Israelites, when, when when they were in the Old Testament, it's so confusing. There's all these rules. Leviticus and Deuteronomy, there's just rules after rules after rules of the Israelites. You have to do this, and you have to do that, and you have to do this, and it just seems complicated. But why? Why did God have so many rules? It's because he literally dwelt in a tent in the middle of their camp. And God is holy. God is pure. There is no sin in God. And he couldn't even come into the tent. He couldn't even be with them, around them, if there was sin. And and so what we're saying when we say, God, is there anything offensive in me? is We're saying, God, I want to be close to you. So I want to get rid of the offensive things inside of me. And maybe there's ones I don't even see. So will you search my heart and show me, are there offensive things inside of me? Some of you, you know your offensive things right away. Immediately, I know, I know what my offensive things are. And that's okay. You just give them to the Lord. But some of us, it's harder. Some of you go, uh, I don't know, I have to ask God, what are the offensive things inside of me? Sometimes it's hard to see. You know, growing up, I was, you guys are going to say was, ha, 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 but I was extremely sarcastic <laughs> from a child on. I don't know how this came in. I don't know what. I probably, I probably got a lot of laughs when I was sarcastic. And so I kept being sarcastic. And I remember I was a really young teenager. I'd just gotten into youth group and the youth pastor, he asked me and my older sister to do a little skit to help with the, the sermon that night. And so we were, you know, he's telling us about this skit and he said, "Okay, in this part, Bethany, you need to be sarcastic, completely sarcastic." And I'm like, I'd never heard that word before, which is funny, right? But I'm like probably 11, I don't know. And I'm like, "Okay, what's that?" And him and my sister, no I'm joking, we're like <laughs> And I remember them laughing and I'm like, "What's so funny? I don't know a word." Great. You guys know all the words. You're so smart. And they're like, that's sarcastic, Bethany. You are sarcastic. Everything you say is sarcastic. And I'm like, oh, well, that's just being funny. I didn't know I had a word to being awesome, right? I didn't know there was an explanation, but I was so sarcastic. And you know, different people in my life, like friends, um, different leaders, sometimes they'd be like, that's kind of sarcastic, right? And I'd be like, yeah, it is. It's funny, too, you know. When, when someone, maybe they would get hurt, their feelings would get hurt. Bethany, you hurt my feelings. Yeah, you can't take a joke. Sorry that your humor is not very good. Right? Everything I said was sarcastic, and I didn't see it as a problem in any way. Even though people were trying to hint and trying to tell me, but to me, I didn't see it. And then one time, I was probably about 18 years old, and I was at this ladies' thing, and um, there was a, a pastor's wife who was from California, and she was ministering at it, and she said to me, she started to actually prophesy over me, basically tell me a word of God that God was telling her to tell me in that moment. And so she tells me these awesome things, you know, like God's going to use you and all this stuff. and Yeah, 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 right? And then he, And then she says, but God wants to begin to shape you. You have a sarcastic edge that God wants to begin to shape off of you, and I'm like, "Eh, huh, no, and some of you guys that know me in this room, you're thinking right now, I wonder when God's going to start to do that with her, but I was so sarcastic, I didn't even see it, I didn't even know it was offensive until someone had to directly tell me, from God, this is offensive to God, And he can't use you until he shapes it off, until he takes some sandpaper, rubs off those edges, right? And and that's how it is for some of us. We have an offensive way. And and in this prayer, you're asking God, God, will you show me? What's my offensive way? Is there something inside of me? I have three really practical questions to help you know what maybe your offensive way is. The first one is, what are others trying to tell me? People tell me all the time. You're sarcastic, sarcastic. Wasn't getting the hint, right? Right. What's something in your life that a lot of people have told you over and over and over that you do that's maybe not great? You know, it's so funny having kids because I tell Evie constantly not to pick her nose. And she thinks I'm ridiculous for saying don't pick your nose, right? Evie gets horrendous bloody noses. So it really is not only hygiene-wise for her best interest, but also just not to get a huge, terrible, bloody nose that lasts hours. Don't pick your nose. Right? I actually do know what I'm talking about, even though I'm her mom. And some of us in this room, some of our moms have been telling us a lot of things. And we think, I don't need to listen to that because it's my mom. But maybe it is an offensive way that's inside of us. The second one, what have I rationalized for some time? You know, oh, it's not that bad. This isn't out of control. This is only a little bit. It's no big deal. I'm not hurting anyone. What have I rationalized for a long time? What am I most defensive about? When anyone brings it up, your hackle goes up. I'm defensive. It's probably something that's offensive that God wants to work out of your life. Search my heart. Reveal my fears. Uncover my sins. And then the last one that David says is he says, lead me. Lead me in the way of everlasting you know, when we're, when we're willing, when you're willing to pray this dangerous prayer, God will show you things. And, you know, he shows us like this mess, you know, our big laundry basket of mess. But he doesn't leave you there. He doesn't leave you saying you have to clean this up all by yourself. That's not the point of this prayer. It's not for you to work harder. It's for you to say, God, here's my heart. Search it. Reveal in me things that aren't of you. Why? Because I want to be closer to you. And he doesn't leave you in that place. The next thing is lead me. Lead me. Jesus takes you by the hand and leads you right out of that mess. He leads you along. When, when God spoke to me that I was sarcastic, he didn't immediately the next day and he never said a sarcastic thing again. No, he just slowly over the years and will continue <laughs> over the years I'm just sandpapering the edges. Sandpapering those offensive edges off. And as I over and over say, God, is there something new inside of me? Search my heart, Lord. Is there something new inside of me that is is not good, that takes my relationship with you and separates us? And I give it to him. He just sandpapers the edges. If you guys, if everyone would just stand up. Maybe you're in this room and you've never, you've never received Jesus. Maybe you come here today and you say, I'm not really a Christian. I'm just, I'm just hanging out, I'm just trying to see what this is all about. All of us have things, we all have dirty laundry, right? The Bible says that we've all sinned, which means we've done something wrong and we've fallen short of the glory of God. When we did something wrong, it separated us from that right relationship with God. And the only way, the only thing that brings us back into relationship with God is not us cleaning ourselves up, it's not us working really hard, It's just accepting what Jesus already did for you. It's just saying, Jesus, you died for me, and I accept it. I give you my life. And in this room, everyone would just bow their heads just for a moment. In this room, if you're here and you're saying, I want to make that decision. I want to give Jesus my life. Maybe it's the first time, or maybe you're just saying, I just need to re-give it to him. If you would just look up at me, we'll just make eye contact. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. It's not magic to have Jesus as your Savior. In Romans it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He rose from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. Just confess Jesus your Lord and believe in your heart that He rose from the dead and you're saved. You give your life to Him. And so, if you guys will, if you'll just repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you so much for this life. I've made some mistakes. Will you forgive me? Will you take this life? Will you take this heart? I choose to follow you. I believe that you are Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And for the rest of us, I just want to quickly just, let's just, um, we'll pray one more time. But man, just take some time with the Lord this week and be bold and courageous to pray this prayer. Maybe today, maybe today's your anchor message. For everything in my life changed because I finally opened up the doors. I said, look under the bed. (laughs) It's bad under there, God. But you can handle it, right? Let's bow your heads. I just want to pray for you guys. Lord, I just thank you so much for these people, God. I thank you, Lord, that when we say, God, will you investigate my life? Will you search me? Will you make me clean? that you don't leave us in a mess, God, but you help us, you lead us out of it. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to the people in this room, God, the areas in their life that aren't clean, the areas in their life where they just have anxious thoughts where they worry, Lord, the areas in their life where they are lying to themselves, God, that you will reveal them, Lord, and not not bring condemnation, not bring shame, but just grab us by the hand and help us to lead us out. We thank you, Lord, that you will do this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. Um, Please come back next week for Break Me, even more intense. And if you would like to get some door hangers, come right down here and I can get you hooked up with door hangers.